What's up, everybody? You know what time it is. That's right. We are back with another episode of The Styles Files. I am your host, Alan Styles, And as always, thank you so very much for listening. Want to start out this episode by letting everyone know I wanted to stop annoying my friends and followers on my personal social media accounts by shamelessly promoting my podcast. So I went ahead and created a Facebook page called The Styles Files and created a new Instagram profile dedicated to the podcast. And I'll also be doing some video clips and have footage of me in the booth recording my shows. So that is all very exciting. So follow me at the underscore styles files. That's styles with an I. And Instagram is always so funny to me, you know, because um, you get more engagement when you add those hashtags at the bottom. And it definitely does work a little bit. But it cracks me up. Like, I don't know if people don't read captions or if, you know, they just have their profile set up to auto follow anyone with certain hashtags. Because I'll repost my photo or video on my personal uh, profile and literally say, follow my podcast profile and tag my profile. And I still get like five more followers on my personal account. Like y'all don't even read the captions out here. But yeah, that is also my new handle for Twitter. Again, at the underscore styles files, styles with an I. Yeah, it's crazy though. Out of all the platforms for social media, I think it is still the most interesting one to me. Twitter is. You know, like you'll see those random tweets come through from someone, you know, that doesn't have very many followers. And a single tweet will have 500,000 likes and 200,000 retweets. I just don't understand it. You know, I just don't know how things catch on like that. You know, and I've had some fame on Twitter from time to time, a hundred or sorry, a thousand likes here and there. But it's always from responding to an account that has a lot of followers like Sports Center or Bleacher Report. You know, it's never organic. The one time it was organic was during the NFL playoffs. I said a joke about the Steelers losing and used the black dude thinking meme, you know, the one where he's pointing to his head. And of course, somebody accused me of stealing the tweet and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, everybody uses that meme. Like, relax. And the craziest part was it wasn't even his tweet. It was some dude that he followed. And the dude who actually tweeted it didn't even chime in. He just liked the other guy's tweet. I'm like, look, just because I'm lit now, y'all got to chill. Yeah, I've never had that much engagement on a tweet since. But Twitter is so interesting to me. You know, it came out when I was a senior in college. And I went to college back east, so I had a lot of friends back there at the time. Uh, then I moved back to California after I graduated. And so I only have about 170 followers. And majority of them are people that I no longer talk to or don't really use Twitter. But hey, follow me anyway. You know, I myself think I tweet pretty well. I just need to get people to see them. It's simple. So one last time, the handle is at the underscore styles files. So today's show is packed with good stuff. We're going to get into a segment called Weekly Reviews, where I rate anything from food to music to movies. Um, we're going to talk about the NFL preseason and the future of some of the quarterbacks. Might drift into some Raiders talk, but that's okay. And lastly, give you my newest predictions on who I think will win the World Series. So let's get started. 
Uh, weekly reviews. So my ranking will be out of 10, 10 being the best and one being the worst. So first off, you know, my girlfriend and I always see this spot in Oakland that we pass by a bunch of times and it always looks good. You know, it's an upscale Mexican restaurant called Calavera. Well, since it's Mexican, I guess I should say Calavera. So, you know, I've mentioned my food experiences on past shows and not all of them have been great. You know, I've been striking out lately, um, or I guess fouling off pitches. You know, there's either great service and the food is subpar, or the food is great and the service is subpar. And for Calavera, it was no different. The place was pretty pricey, which wasn't surprising, but the food was really, really good. Unfortunately, the service just didn't stack up. So first of all, we got there at about 6 o'clock, so it wasn't super crowded, but it wasn't empty either. It was still pretty warm outside, and there was outside seating, so we asked if we could sit out there. The hostess says that there are reservations for the two tops after looking around as if she wasn't sure if what she was saying are true or what. Then she asks us if sitting inside is okay. We say sure while we stare at all the open tables outside. So here was her first mistake. She sat us down right next to her so we could hear everything she was saying. Apparently, she was splitting time with a second host and about 20 or 30 minutes later, while he is running the front, another couple shows up and he gives them the option to sit either inside or outside. You know that pissed me off, right? I'm like, really? Right in front of us, really? Like, if you're not sure, that's fine, but don't sit us down right next to you where we can hear everything you're saying. If we were far away, we couldn't tell if they had reservations or not. Luckily, the temperature did end up dropping, so in the end, we were actually relieved that we didn't eat outside. But it was still a bad look to me, you know, like, get it together. So the second knock on this place was our waitress. You know, she was essentially just a food and drink runner. No attempts to actually be our waitress. We didn't even get her name. And look, I have extensive experience in the restaurant business, so I know what I ta I'm talking about, all right? Okay, to be truthful, I was just a busboy, but damn it, I was the best busboy the country club ever did see. No, but seriously, it was a summer job and it was a private country club, so they didn't like when part-time employees were real waiters and waitresses because they didn't want the members to think there was high turnover. It was also a very exclusive country club, so they stressed that the members liked a sense of community and seeing the same people. And which, hey, I get it. And I couldn't be a food runner because I have the shakiest hands this side of the Mississippi. Like, I swear, like, you know it's a problem when even your own mother says that you can't do something. Like, my mom has literally told me, son, you can be anything you want in this world. Besides a surgeon, because your hands are too damn shaky for all that, and it's not safe for anybody involved. I remember one time we had to hand out these ice cream desserts for a big event, and I was approaching the table um, to deliver them, and one fell off my tray and in between one gentleman's legs, and somehow nothing actually got on his pants. He ended up being the keynote speaker for the event. But look, all that being said, 
I know the basics, okay? Everyone has a section, and then they sit you down in whatever section, and that's how they determine who will be your server. But yeah, we sat down at 5.50, right? Right on the dot. I remember these things. And the hostess basically tells us you can get one round, you know, at the happy hour price. So we're like, cool. The server takes five minutes to get us, you know, to get to us. And she looks at us like, hey, do you two need help? Well, we have menus and nothing on our table. So yes, yes, we do. I tell her we're trying to get in, you know, happy hour orders. So I admit that did rush things, but it's only because she took five minutes to come over. I asked for two margaritas. Then my girlfriend sees they have a pitcher for a great price compared to what the prices of the margaritas will be once happy hour ends. So I call her back over and ask to switch the order. Of course, she got that look on her face like so many servers do. Like, it's going to be so tough to make these changes, even though I literally spoke to her two minutes ago. But hey, she didn't show any attitude. She just got it done for us. Throughout the rest of the night, we saw her maybe two or three more times. Then, of course, towards the end of the night, when it comes time to tip, she is very friendly and asks how our meal was. She's wiping down our table. She even proceeds to ask us how the margaritas were and says, quote, glad we were able to get that done, close quote, in a sorry attempt to remind us of how she went above and beyond. Look, I'm all about tipping well. I'm just not of the mindset that the 15 or 20 percent is a given. I feel like especially when it's an expensive place, that percentage is going to be more, so you need to prove to me that you deserve it. And she didn't. So we didn't give her the normal percentage. In conclusion, the hostess and the waitress are why I'm knocking two points off of their score, and I give Calavera an 8 out of 10. Still definitely worth checking out, and the happy hour deals were legit. Second one. So I Feel Pretty, the movie starring Amy Schumer. Now, I do think Amy Schumer is funny, but admittedly, I made a deal with my girlfriend that I would watch it if she watched the Avengers Infinity War with me. And hey, it was a pretty good deal. The movie starts out funny, you know, the typical Amy Schumer comedy. And really, the whole movie is tailored to that. Like, I'm not a model, but I'm not ugly. I'm just a real girl. Like, that's her shtick, right? That's also why I don't understand why people give Kevin Hart such a hard time, like, all his jokes are the same, like, he makes fun of himself, he's short, we get it. It's like, yeah, sure, but I feel like most comedians have similar jokes. It's just whether you like them or not or get tired of them or not. You know, that's really what matters. But, I mean, a lot of them stay in their wheelhouse. But, yeah, the movie starts out funny, then similar to, you know, a lot of other comedies, towards the end, the wheels just start to fall off and the plot gets a little lost. Not to say comedies need great plots, but they almost tried to do too much with it, and I feel like it hurt the movie. So because of that, I give it 6.5 out of 10. Next, so a couple weeks back, I went over um, musical artists on the rise, and one person I left off was a singer-slash-rapper by the name of Luke Christopher. So I'm a big fan of Luke. But after he dropped his album somewhat late last year, the guy straight up disappeared. No new music, nothing on social media, just evaporated. Well, he's finally back with his new song called Trouble, and it is classic Luke 
great melody, great use of my favorite instrument, the piano, and it's good to see his return. The song has been on repeat for me, so because of that, I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. But that's so funny to me, though, right? Like, now with these streaming platforms, music lives on for so much longer, you know, and a lot of times longer than the artist's actual careers. Like, if you don't hear from someone in five years, you don't even know if they're still making music. I always thought it would be funny to hop in an Uber or a Lyft and, like, have one of these artists be your driver. Like, dang, man, you look so familiar. They probably like, wouldn't even want to talk about it, you know? Like, oh, yeah, I get that a lot. I just have a familiar face. Or they drop off your Uber Eats. It's like, yo, like, didn't I go to your show? He's like, nah, man, it wasn't me, dude. You know? Or, like, checking out a Target and, you know, your cashier is somebody that you used to listen to on Spotify. Like, it's just so interesting. When do you decide, okay, I need to get a real job? Or if the money just runs dry and you no longer have a choice, like, how do you switch back to normal life? I think that would be a really interesting documentary, especially nowadays with so many artists feeling that they are doing well. When it starts to go the other way, you know, how does that work? Especially these artists that start from so young, you know, they can either look at it like I have so much time to get back, you know, to where I was. Or they look at it, you know, like if some kids pop up or anything like that. Um, you know, you got to make money one way or the other. And I saw Meek Mill um, posted something a couple weeks back. I'm not sure if he deleted it. I tried to find it, but I think it might be gone. But anyway, what he said was, out of the billions the hip-hop music industry has recently made, the artists only made 12% of that. If that's true, and if that includes huge artists like Drake, Cardi B, and Kendrick Lamar, then you know these smaller artists are slowly but surely running out of money. But anyway, check out that new Luke Christopher song called Trouble and be on the lookout for his new music. And by the way, that song is ten to- at least 10 times better than all three of Quavo's new songs combined. Yes, Quavo from the Migos. We get it, okay? Like, the guy is flying up my list for most overrated artists. And I'm not even kidding. I think at this point, he is such a huge figure in popular culture. Quavo! You know, he's got the Midas touch. Like, everything he touches turns to gold, even if it sounds like aluminum foil. Quavo! Lastly, Ready Player One. Another movie came out not too long ago. I've been wanting to see this movie for a while, and luckily, you know, it did not disappoint. One of those new age adventure movies, you know, that had act, action, romance, and everything in between. People love to make movies super long now, and it probably could have been 30 minutes shorter. But besides that, very solid movie. It was interesting, though. It covered, like, every aspect of a PG-13 movie. Like, it was the most PG-13 movie I ever saw. Like, in some parts, the dialogue was pretty corny. So one second, I'm thinking, you know, this movie is kind of for kids. Then the next second, somebody dropped the F-bomb. I'm like, hey, you know what I mean? Like, I've always heard PG-13 movies can only say the F-word once throughout the movie. So maybe they felt like, hey, we got it. Why not use it? You know what I mean? Why waste it? And it definitely was funny in the context that it happened, but I'm just not really sure it fit with the rest of the dialogue throughout the movie. But, you know, that's a small thing. Besides that, good movie. A little too long to watch again from front to back, so I'll give it a 7.5. Speaking of reviews and rankings, um, you know it's my favorite time of the year in any sport, 
the preseason. So now we have the NFL preseason, where sports talking heads everywhere tell you the preseason means nothing, then proceed to break down the preseason. And it makes me laugh every single time because they do it every year and they know it. Then they do it again and we all still listen and we fall for it every year. You know, the usual setup, they got the guy that went to school for journalism, mediating, then you got the ex-player turned analyst, and they break down literally the most minute stuff like, so, hey, we all know it's early in the season, and the rookie QB literally just put some stuff in his locker. How comfortable did he look in that setting? And then the analyst is like, you know you're right. It's really early to anoint anyone the next Joe Montana. But if you look at the way he hung his jersey up with the front facing the stadium, you know, you see stuff like that. And as a veteran in this game, that's telling me the moment is not too big for him and he's ready to play. But seriously, they're talking about Baker Mayfield, right? And his first performance. And before they get into it, they tell everyone. Now, remember, the Browns went undefeated last year in the preseason. But with that being said, if you're a Cleveland fan, you gotta be excited about what this guy has shown so far. Huh? You just told us it doesn't mean anything. Which is it? But I'm telling you, it really does go quickly. Like, how fast someone is the shiny new toy in the league, then just forgotten. You know, anthem protests aside, we saw it happen to Colin Kaepernick. You know, and as a Raider fan... We saw it happen to Derek Carr. I mean, people were saying he's a mini Aaron Rodgers. He has Brett Favre type skills. And, you know, sure, he got hurt at the end of that season. But A, who would have thought Marcus Mariota and Blake Bortles would both have better, you know, both have playoff wins before him. And B, he wouldn't even be considered the best quarterback in the Bay Area. I think most people right now would choose Jimmy G over Derek Carr. And if we're talking about the Derek Carr from last season, then yeah, there's no question I'd take Jimmy G, and that pains me to say. Although I never fell in love with Derek Carr, which is tough as a fan, you know, you want to really ride for your guy. But I'm not going to lie, I don't fully ride for Derek. I don't. You know, I, I think he shows up his teammates like he's Tom Brady, but he hasn't won anything. And off the field, he's always saying some stuff that annoys me. Like, I think last year for the 2017 NBA All-Star Game, he tweeted how upset he was that Russell Westbrook wasn't a starter. And if you look at that lineup, the only person that Russell Westbrook could have replaced was Steph. It's like, bruh, you haven't left for Vegas yet. You're still in Oakland. Let's not be disrespectful. Like, why don't you just worry about staying in the pocket for longer than two seconds so one of the plays can develop? How about that, Derek? How about you convince me that you can actually win a Super Bowl? Why don't you do that, Derek? But look, I am never going to complain about my sports teams unless it's just on a small level because I know how spoiled I am even if the Raiders haven't won anything in a long time. You know, I got the Warriors and had the Giants. Yes, I'm Giants Raiders. My mom worked in the city, so we got Giants tickets growing up. And I had a neighbor that had season tickets to the Raiders. So, okay, it makes sense to you. And I got to tell people that because people be hating out here, man. I got I to let everybody know. 
But yeah, you know, I'm about to get into my World Series prediction. And it's safe to say, I mean, never say never, but I don't think the Giants will be playing in October. But here we go. Here are my predictions for who I think will be in the World Series as of this week and who I think will win as of this week. The American League. Look, I'd love for the A's to go. They're obviously rolling right now, but it's tough, man. If you don't win your division, you know, you're in that one-game playoff, and if they can't catch the Astros, I don't think I'd trust them in a one-game playoff. If they can catch the Astros, then, I mean, right now they're looking like they could go the distance, you know? But assuming that they don't win the division, I think my pick uh, to come out of the American League would be um, the Indians. You know, they've gotten so close the last couple years. And with LeBron gone, this really all Cleveland got left. You know, it would be a shame for them to never get over that hump, you know, when they've been so, so close. So, yeah, if the A's win the division, I'm going A's. And if they don't, then I'm going Indians. And no, I did not mention the Red Sox and Yankees because, look, we've seen this story before. Sure, I could be wrong, but as of now, you know, as of right now, I have no reason to think differently. National League. Okay, yeah, the Dodgers probably have the best team on paper, but I'm a hater, and they're not even winning their division right now. Uh, And it's also a very tough division. I think the teams in that division – uh, will kind of cancel each other out. You know what I mean? All, everybody's scratching and clawing to just get out of it. Cardinals have been heating up, but I think I got to go with the Cubs. You know, another team that after they won the World Series, people thought they'd be running the league for a while, you know? They underperformed last year, and a different young team won in the Houston Astros, and now no one is talking about the Cubs. So for the winner, I don't think the A's have the juice to beat the Cubs in Wrigley. And sure, the Coliseum would be packed for the World Series, but because of the lack of home field advantage in Oakland, I don't think the A's could pull it off. But if it's Indians and Cubs, I think the Indians finally get it done. And Cleveland has one last time in the sun. Um unless the Browns can figure it out because we know that the Cavs are not doing anything. But uh, that's literally as of this week. You know what I mean? Uh, My mind changes as much as the new dance crazes. So I'm sure I'll have an updated version before playoffs actually start. But thanks to everybody, as always, for tuning in. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes Uh, If you haven't done so already, and you can also listen on TuneIn, that's all the time I got for y'all today. Follow slash like my page on Facebook, The Styles Files. And lastly, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, the same handle for both. I've been saying it all episode long, but in case you missed or in case you weren't listening or in case your boss called you, at the underscore Styles Files. That's Styles with an I. And until next time, Be safe, be well, be wise. Peace.